before I start, I want to I want to make sure that just like I just said, you know, that we make sort of make make the most of these opportunities. And something that I've noticed that maybe you've noticed as well is that there's like a theme going on this weekend. Maybe you've spotted it. Maybe you've spotted it. Obviously, there's the hope thing, and that's like planned. But you might have noticed that something Anna said was right. The same spirit that all the adults know and pray to and are empowered by is in you. I said that yesterday. She wasn't here. She didn't hear me say that. And then a few minutes ago, we had the same verse from two different people who'd not talked to each other about it and said, we need to say this to these guys in, in this and this is room, tent thing, big top thing. God is trying to speak to you guys, and I, I don't want to move on. You know, I've got stuff to say, and I, I do feel like God's given me some of these things to say, but I think sometimes, you know, we sort of rush on with what we've planned. But I want to recognize that God is speaking to, to all, n- not you, me as well, you know, but all of us in this place, everyone who can hear, you know, we are doing church together, and God is with us now, and he's moving amongst us. And it's really important that we take these moments and make memories of them. Because when I, when I think back through my walk with Jesus, I am so thankful for certain memories and certain people that helped me to notice what was going on. Because then maybe in two years' time or five years' time, when, when stuff is thrown at you or you start to doubt or, or whatever it might be, or something similar to this happens, you go, oh, yeah. That happened then as well. And God's saying it again. Or like, there's that same verse. And it's and it, it's sort of making me feel a certain way. Or, oh, that song. When that song was going on, I, I really felt like there was something about those words that, that the Spirit of God wanted to, like, grab my attention. Say, listen to this. That song's one of my favorite songs. And um, it just comes back every now and again. And every time I just... I get so stirred by it because that is the message of the Bible. We can really overcomplicate it sometimes, but the message of the Bible is that God loves us. Really short, really simple, a bit like me. Literally, God loves us. Amen, right? That's that's literally it. God loves us loves us and no matter what we think about ourselves no matter what we feel like people think about us we can have confidence that God loves us that's good news right good news okay I want to fly through some of this we've kind of already covered it um so on on the first day Friday we were looking at how the opposite of hope is our fear, and we need to recognize those things. So if we ignore them, they can kind of eat us up, and they can distract us, yeah? And we have an enemy who wants to distract us, but we have a God who loves us and wants to give us hope, which counteracts our fear, okay? So that's really important. And then yesterday, we, we were reminded that God, Jesus, sees through different eyes. Remember that? with the corn, okay, Jesus sees things with different eyes, whether we are trampled down or we've made mistakes or 
life just sucks, okay? Jesus sees things with different eyes, and he sees not just a great future for you, but a great present as well. That right now in this moment, God can be using you and is using you, whether you realize it or not. Like in that song we sang yesterday, you know, even when we don't see it, he's working. Even when we don't feel it, he's working. That's what we heard in Tom, right? That's what, that's what we heard in Tom's story. Over those years, he didn't feel it or see it, but God was working. Even when he was way off track, doing his own thing, rebelling against his heavenly father, his heavenly father had him sorted. He never let, let him go. Okay, and it's really important we, we remember that. Okay, so, I don't know about you, um, but being a church kid, okay, I, I felt, I'm going to be really honest here, and this might kind of go against some of the, maybe some of the things that you've been told. And I, I don't want to upset anyone or kind of like undo stuff. But I, I felt a pressure to tell people about Jesus. You might relate to that. I'm not going to ask you to put, to put your hands up, okay. But I, I felt like to be like a proper Christian, to be a good Christian, I should tell people about Jesus. Now, I kind of want to talk a little bit about this because I think it kind of undoes some of the work that God wants to do in us. Because even though in some senses it's true, okay, because the Bible makes it clear that we are to be called witnesses that we witness. So maybe not all of us are to be evangelists. You might have heard that phrase, you know, where people are just gifted with the ability to talk and explain and present the gospel. Like you might have heard of Paul, who wrote a lot of the New Testament. He was clearly an evangelist. He would go around all over the place and just would stand up and speak. And thousands of people would come to know Jesus, okay, would be filled with the Spirit. And it doesn't always look like that. Evangelists can come in all shapes and sizes. But I do believe that certainly all Christians are called to be witnesses. Okay, it's similar, but basically it is just this idea that we are willing to represent God. To represent. Whatever that, that looks like in your context, okay, we are called to be a witness. So when the time comes, and you, you know, if you picture like a courtroom, and you know, please bring forth the first witness. And they have to stand up, and they don't have to be very clear or, or whatever, but just that they answer the questions truthfully. And that they're called to be a witness and just say what they saw, what they believe is the truth. That's what you and I, if, if, if you are Christians, I am. I was going to say if you and I are Christians, I am. Not backing down from that one. If you are as well, we are called to be witnesses, okay? But this idea that to be a good Christian... We have to tell people about Jesus. I think, unfortunately, that becomes one of those things that this enemy that the Bible tells us about and warns us about can use as a lie, and he twists a little bit. And it becomes the focus of what our worth is. And if we're not telling people about Jesus, and if we're not doing that, then we feel like we're not proper Christians. That is a lie, and I just want to make that really clear, okay? I can't make it clearer clearer than that. Because actually, yesterday we talked loads about this living hope, this idea that we live out our hope, 
and it becomes something that just overflows out of our lives, not just out of our mouth, but the way in which we live is how we demonstrate this hope that we have. And before we know it, we are speaking the hope as, as well. Maybe to our family, maybe to our mates, maybe to strangers, maybe to slightly bigger groups, maybe to hundreds of people. It's different for everyone. Not everyone is, is, is meant to do the same thing. That doesn't make sense. God wants us to do different things, to reach as many people as possible in all sorts of different ways, different places, different contexts, all time. And that's what I love. Now, we're going to, unfortunately, as you, as you know, the, the, the screens don't work. And I've been showing you these videos of my mate Brendan, okay? So, so far, we've, we've learned about my mate Brendan. So, for those of you that, that haven't been here, this is your first day. Uh, I've got a friend who is doing this thing called the long paddle, okay? And he's going on a sup, stand-up paddleboard, all the way around mainland Britain. He set off in Torquay, where I live, down in South Devon. And he's gone around Cornwall, around Wales, and he's pretty much all the way now around Scotland. He's about to get to Edinburgh, okay? So he's done pretty much two and a half thousand kilometers. Uh, yesterday, we heard from his wife talking about how that is such a long way. And she just doesn't know how he's going to do it. But that if we just, when we face something really big, we break it down and we just take it one step at a time. And before you know it, we might get there or we just get loads closer. And that was part of what we thought about yesterday. And today, we're going to hear rather than watch Hopefully, it'll still, the audio will still, you'll still be able to get the flavor of it, okay, of, of what's motivating my mate Brendan, okay? So, we're going we're gonna to give it a go and just see how it goes, all right? If, if it sort of drags out at the first minute, just please stick with it because it's kind of the middle bit that, that really tells the story. Okay, let's try this. So, you know, don't upset you guys because that's, you know, it sort of every time I normally watch it but even listen to it I just think oh man I can't imagine what that must have been like to be in that situation and you know I know him Brendan such a good guy and he you know like like I've kind of mentioned and he's mentioned he's been a lifeguard for years and years and years uh, but he's also been a teacher but actually after that incident happened he was so motivated and so moved by that situation that he decided to go full-time with his charity to try and raise the profile water safety and dr drowning prevention, which is incredible and it's such a good cause and I, I love the passion that he has for what he does. But I, I noticed in that clip that when he, he first started talking about bodies, he then changed the, the way he described it and he said, I was there working on one soul and someone over there was working on another. And, and I'll be honest, that's, that's, <laughs> that's kind of what I see my job as. The, la the, the last 20 years, I, um, without, without realizing it, I, I feel like I'm a bit of a lifeguard for, for souls. That's, that's what I do. I love to get in front of people and to tell them, like I did before, God loves us. God loves you. He absolutely loves you. And you need to know it. You need to know it. Mm. This, <laughs> this, this in me has taken years to come. 
And sometimes I'm overwhelmed by the love of God. And I'm not ashamed of it. I'm not ashamed of it. I'll cry. <laughs> I'll cry. Is that what it takes to convince people that God loves them? I'll do it. I used to be so embarrassed. I'll do it. Okay. So, I am not going to pretend that talking about God is scary. <laughs> I, For those of you that were here yesterday, I talked about my own sort of journey and having a really bad stammer and being kind of like saved from that and, and never imagining what it would be like to speak in front of people. And yet that's what God is doing with me for whatever reason. But it was still scary. And now and again it still is. The school, in fact, the school that, that Brendan used to work in, um, every Christmas up until this last couple of years, I would be invited in to, to they're, they're not a Christian school, uh, big grammar school, and um, sixth form. And so the whole school and the faculty would have a Christmas assembly. Any of you guys have those big Christmas assemblies in your schools? Yeah. And <laughs> the, the guys who organize it would say, Tim, like, you know, you're a Christian. You, you like coming and do Christian stuff. So because it's Christmas, you know, it's like, I mean, you know, his name's in the, in the thing. So you, you should probably do something. That's literally what, what this one guy said once. You know, it's kind of a Christian festival, so can you come and do like five, ten minutes? This year, like once, this guy said, so the theme is about loving other people and, you know, looking after community. And, uh, you know, that's kind of like the core message of Jesus, right? So could you, could you come and explain why Christians believe that so that everyone understands that's the core value of Christianity? All right, I will do that. So I got to stand there in front of just over a thousand people and literally explain who Jesus is, why he came to die, to rise again, to forgive us of all the stuff that we get wrong, and because he loves us, that he gives us a hope and a future. How cool is that, right? And so I get to do that, but every time I do things like that, I get pretty scared. I'm like, but after it, I get such a high because I just know that God's doing stuff and it's really exciting. But when I was first starting out doing this kind of thing, like 18, 19, 20, um, still had a little bit of a stammer, still, still really nervous. I remember my first ever assembly, okay? I was, um, I was invited into a, a primary school. I had a leader with me who was like, right, Tim, your bit is you're going to hold up this poster. There was like 40 kids, little, really, really small children, sat there looking, like big eyes like this. Little, like, Cross-legged, hold on. Doing the whole thing like that with the fingers on lips. Fingers on lips. And, um, and all I had to do, <laughs> right, was hold up this big A3 piece of paper with a heart on it and read out a verse on the back. I absolutely fluffed it. <laughs> I absolutely bombed. Couldn't get my words out. Didn't say it right. Oh, man, it was, it was the worst. Um, but God is so kind. And not all the time, but most of the time, so are his people. And, and I got chance after chance after chance to try again, to try again. Um, but there's a verse in 1 Peter 3.15 that says, Always be ready 
to give an answer when someone asks you about your hope. Always be ready. Now, I absolutely stand by what I said earlier. I don't think it's about telling people about Jesus. I don't think it's that. But I do think we can be practical and strategic and prepared. All right? So if you're not sure how to explain, if you think you're a Christian and you're not sure, like, why, try and, like, get it dialed. Try and figure out why. Try and even, like, write it out in, like, two or three sentences. Write yourself a paragraph. Put it in your phone on a little note. You know, write on a piece of paper and stick it by your bed. Just read it every now and again to remind yourself. But also, because when you do that, when you, when you literally write something down or type something in, when you're asked, you'll, you'll be able to recall a l- at least a little bit of it rather than go, uh, because I've always gone to church. Because that's not the answer. And hopefully you know that. Church isn't what makes you a Christian. Having a Bible isn't what makes you a Christian. It's about you and the big guy. That's not me, by the way. That's Jesus. God, right? You and God. Being a Christian is just about you and God. Those other things help, absolutely. But being a Christian is about you and God. It's good to be able to explain that. Now, um, I want to introduce you to another hero of mine, okay? This one's not dead, fortunately, but he's really super old, right? He's been writing really complicated but incredible theology books for the last 70 years. If you're not sure what theology is, it is the study of God, right? And this guy is called Jürgen Moltmann. Can you all say Jürgen? Mm. That starts with a J, by the way, because he's German. <laughs> no, German. Um, that's not a chance. Um, so he says this, right? When freedom is near, the chains begin to chafe. What do you reckon that means? Any guesses? When freedom is near, the chains begin to chafe. Yes, mate. Like that. So he said, when freedom is near, the enemy's chains feel like they get stronger. If you imagine, hopefully you've never been in chains like actual chains or handcuffs. Hopefully, okay? Maybe you've been timed up for a prank, but, okay? Yes, that is true, but we're going to get to that bit. Hold fire, hold fire. Okay, so if you imagine your wrists are tied, okay, everyone put your wrists together, and you've got to imagine that they're tied really tightly, okay. You could, you could just sort of sit there, okay. You, just, you could just sit there, and as long as they're not super tight, it's not really going to hurt. That would suck, right, to be, <laughs> to be like that all the time. I mean, you couldn't wipe your bum. For stars, or smell with your bum. No, you you could still do that, couldn't you? But you couldn't anyway. Um, now, if you then tried to get free from that, what would happen? 
it would hurt, right? You might have seen like movies or or what other things you watch, and you, you know like people are tied to a, a pole, and they're like when someone's not watching, they go eh 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 eh, and 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 their wrists start to bleed a bit, like eh, they're licking it, and and they sort of get some butter or baby oil because it's all in the pocket and they can reach it even though the hands are tied, and and then they suddenly like slip it out, and they've got all these marks all over their hands. You can stop doing that now. And, and it's, it's just, it hurts. Freedom can hurt. Because even though what this young lady said here is absolutely true, and what she said was, when, when freedom is near, your chains, God makes your chains fall off. That's true. But the opposite is also true in that we have an enemy who doesn't want that. Doesn't want that. John 10.10 says that we have an enemy that prowls like a roaring lion. You guys did amazing lion things earlier on. I didn't plan that, by the way. That sounds really cheesy, but I didn't. And, and, and he prowls to devour and destroy. But God comes to give us life and life to the full, which includes freedom. And there's these opposing sides that want you to either be captive or free. And there's a battle going on. And I want you to be free. I want you not to know that God loves you in the deepest, deepest, deepest part of you that God loves you. But it's so deep and then it starts to fill up and it just bursts out. And you start to just tell people and say, oh man, I was, I was, just, I was just thinking. I can't believe that even though I'm such an idiot, God still loves me. Only say that if you're actually a bit of an idiot. I am, so I can say it. I get things wrong, and God still loves me. You see, Maltman explains his own saying, right? And he basically says that whenever Christian hope motivates people to actively live out the things that Jesus said and did, they will also experience a difficulty, even a kind of suffering, because living out the things of Jesus goes against the unofficial way of things. I, I don't want to patronize you, like speak down to you, for exactly the reason of that verse earlier on. I'm bringing people to you like Bonhoeffer and Maltman, who I only discovered in my 30s, but I want to tell you about them now because you need to hear this sort of stuff. And I think you get it. I think you get the gist of it and you can run with it. And turn it into your own words and deliver it to your friends and family. Or remind yourself of it. Because it's really important. And actually, you probably recognize in your own friendship groups, in your own school communities, in the world around you, for whatever reason, that there is a really bad imbalance in the world. Does anyone see that? Anyone see that? Yeah? Because we can see that people are mistreated because of stupid things like whether they're men or women, or whether they're white or black or brown or yellow, or whether they come from this country or that country or this city or that city, and they're treated differently because of it. Not just treated differently, but they're treated badly because of it. Who thinks that sucks? Right? Do you see that? And that's what this is talking about. This guy, Maltman, Jürgen, say Jürgen. Yeah. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? It feels good. Jürgen. Say it in a deep voice. Jürgen. Yeah. 
That's exactly what he's saying. When these things are going on, if you get Jesus and you're down with the things that he said and the things that he did, you're going to be like, no. No, Tim. I am not standing for it. And you say, no, I'm not standing for it. I, I recognize that thing is wrong, and I'm going to push back against it. But you know what happens? People push back at you. And I'm not going to give you false hope and say it's going to be easy, and you're going to say, this is wrong, stop it. And they'll go, I'm so sorry. I'll never do it again. That was really high. That's, that rarely happens. Normally, they'll go, shut up, you loser. Back off. No, you're wrong. Who are you to say that? Right? And your first instinct, instinct is to go, oh, I'm so sorry, I didn't mean it. Ah. Where can I hide? I've definitely been there. Any, anyone else been there? You've tried to stand up for something, and they say, you idiot, back off, and you go, oh, yeah. It doesn't feel good, and you feel like this big. But even if you feel that big, oh, my goodness, God is behind you going, don't talk to my kid like that. But we just can't hear him sometimes. And he's like, come on, come on, mate. Go on, do, do it again. Do it again. Do it again. Back off this time. Do, do it again. And sometimes it can take years. Sometimes it can take years. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap this up because I'm, like, I'm feeling like I'm going to talk for hours and hours and hours about this because I'm just so like, ah! And I think you guys, I think you guys are really like up for it. I know you're still sat there staring at me, but I think God is planting seeds in your heart that are going to fruit freedom in your future. I really believe that. I really believe it. And you might not know what that looks like or what shape it's going to take, but I really believe that there are so many people here that are literally going to be, now this sounds really cliche and it's been said time and time again, but I really believe you're going to be world changers. There are people here that are going to bring an end to certain bad stuff and a beginning of certain good things. And you're going to bring freedom to people that could never think freedom was possible. I believe that in every single one of you. Okay? Every single one of you has that potential. Okay? No matter what you think about yourselves or what your future might hold, that you feel like you've not got the gifts or the passion or the potential, that you, wherever you're sat, whether you really listen to me or not, God can do it in you. Who knows what that's going to look like, you know? The fact that, get this statistic, right? Get this, just, just listen to this thing, right? There are over a third of all humans on this planet don't have access to safe drinking water. Not even clean, but safe drinking water. And yet a guy is so rich, he built his own flipping spaceship and flew to space. How does that make you feel? Angry, yeah, I love the fists, right? That's, that's not right, is it? When there's a third of the world 
right? If we split this room, if you sat with a person either side of you, you or one of them is probably going to die because you've not got safe drinking water. But me up here on the stage, I've got a spaceship. How crazy is that? Talk about imbalance. Yeah, right? Absolutely. You tell Jeff that. Okay. The verse that I want you guys to remember, always be ready to give an answer when someone asks you about your hope. And don't feel the pressure to tell people about Jesus. You just work on your relationship with him and take every opportunity that comes your way to talk about him. Because he'll sort the rest of it out. There's loads of practical ways that we can do that. You heard on the first day, Friday, Dan was here, about Amplify. If you guys are in the right age bracket for that and you want to be trained and equipped in evangelism, you could do Amplify. You guys might have heard it because you're loved. Have you guys talked about that this weekend? Yesterday in the workshop, there's this, there's this thing called Because You're Loved, where you can do cool little stuff and give people a card that just says, Because You're Loved, and it's just a tool to tell people about Jesus. There's all sorts of ways that we can do it practically. But those things have got to start from a place that is in here. In here, not a pressure behind us going, tell people about Jesus. But in here, and you go, oh yeah, I want to talk about him. Okay? Let's just pray. And then the band are going to come up again. Losing worship. Okay, Father God, I... I thank you for whatever you've done this morning. I, I really believe that you have kind of birthed, you've, you've just invested in some of these guys. I think in all of these guys, you've planted a seed for their future to do something absolutely incredible for your name. And I, I just pray that you begin to speak to them about it right now. Right in this moment, there's like some sort of picture or a word about some sort of freedom or injustice that exists in the world. Or maybe in their friendship group, maybe in their school, maybe in their town, or maybe in the whole world. And they want to fight for that thing because you are at work in their life. And even though those chains are going to chafe, thank you. That, Like we heard this morning from the young lady in the middle, that you will help those chains to fall off and bring freedom. Amen.